Obviously, right now, we're not where we want to be as a defense, okay? But, um, you know, on a positive note, I do see growth. I do see, um, see some young guys getting a lot better. I, I saw some guys step up and make some plays in some critical situations this past game, which was good to see. Guys like Eric Armstead, Buckner, uh, Keith Reeser had a big third down stop for us. So we have some young guys that are really starting to trust the technique and, and really go. And, and that's only going to help us as we get going in this season. But I do see this thing turning. Uh, you know, I, I, and the reason I can say that is we, we got a group of men, coaches and players included, who are thumb pointers. They're not finger pointers. And, and, and anytime you have that in a locker room, anytime you have that with your staff, it gives you a chance to grow and to get better every day you come to work. It's time to talk 49ers football on Gold Faithful with Brian Peacock and Nick Winkler. Hey, thanks everybody for joining us here on Gold Faithful once again. You've got me, Brian Peacock. Over there is Nick Winkler. You can find me on Twitter at Bay Area at BT Peacock. You can find Nick on Twitter at Bay Area Wink. We have Jeff Dini from Pro Football Focus. He's going to break down the debut from Kaepernick Garnett and talk a little bit about the, well, the the very extremely terribly disgustingly bad defense that was hard to watch and I it, you can't if you can't stop the run you can't do anything else right Nick yeah I mean you know he's talking about thumb pointers who's got two thumbs and thinks this is the worst defense in the <laughs> NFL this guy over here I mean this this rush defense is oh god it's it's hard to watch just getting gashed over and over I mean they're giving up 174.3 rushing yards per game that's Nearly 30 yards more than the second to last team. I mean, it's it's painful. And, you know, coming into this game this weekend against Tampa Bay, they, they don't have their starter. They don't have their backup. They're probably going to be going with the third string guy who's probably going to put up some ridiculous numbers, right? Yeah, Jaquiz Rogers, maybe. Um, One of the best names in football. It's strong name. I remember him from Oregon State. And very compact runner. And look, dude, if you if you're gonna get a bunch of volume, I mean, he's I've got him on some fantasy rosters, and I'm gonna plug him in and play. If if Doug Martin is out, I'm absolutely gonna roll Jaquiz Rogers out there. And there might be a little pride on the line for the 49ers defense. So and at home, obviously. So I I, I expect some bounce back with that defense and really the entire team. But man, 45-16, it was unbelievable. Long run after long run. It, it the the whole defense looked disinterested. They, they didn't want to tackle anybody. Yeah, especially in that second half. I mean, it was a close game until mid, about midway through the third quarter. Of course, uh, the Carlos Hyde injury, that could be huge. I mean, it was huge in this game. He missed pretty much the two biggest plays in the game, that third and one, and then the fourth and one when you got Mike Davis in there. Uh, it, I mean, if Hyde's out... What are we gonna watch? Who, where's the talent on this football team? Yeah, we're. I, I've been talking about Hyde getting hurt because just the way he runs and in, and, and that's that's a worrisome thing. And um, and it's been a trend throughout his career. Hopefully, he is good to go. But man, uh, that's. I mean, what else do you have on offense? You don't have any playmakers. Um, Torrey Smith, thankfully, made a little bit of an appearance in this game. I don't want to get to the offense yet because I still want to talk about a little bit of the defense, and I have some more Jim O'Neill talking about the consistency of his uh, his defensive squad. We just got to be consistent for four quarters because we're you know we're competitive in all these games, and then something happens, and and two or three series go by, and then you look up at the scoreboard, you're like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> he explained <laughs> exactly how I felt watching the yeah. game right there. That's what I love about that cut. 
Yeah, no, he, he's exactly right. It, it felt like a really close game. It felt like a winnable football game. And and then all of a sudden, yeah, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, hey, this is getting out of hand. And now it's out of hand. Yeah. What the hell just happened? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amen. It's perfect. It, it's crazy how bad the 49ers have been in the second half of games, too. Yeah. And that's that's a huge problem. And that really points to coaching. It comes in coaching and just young football players, you know, not a lot of veteran leadership on that defense right now. Uh, you know, you got guys like Ahmad Brooks. Where's he been? You know, is he on the field? I feel like we're never hearing his name. He, he's taking a lot of snaps. And, and where is he? You know, it's the same. It's the same for Bethay. I mean, it's like, where where are these guys? Yeah, it's so many guys have taken a step back. And, and really the big problem with this team and this game especially was up the middle. And yeah. you thought at least at safety you'd be solid. And I know uh, losing Bowman is huge. And, I mean, as soon as Bowman left the, that Dallas game, all of a sudden it was boom, boom, boom. They started gouging the 49ers with runs, and that really hasn't stopped. Um, right. So they've got to do something at middle linebacker. And it looks like we're we're going to get some Shane Scove finally because I've wanted to see Shane Scove on the, on the field even when Bowman was around to see him next to him possibly. So uh, a lot of Scove and Hodges probably this week, and I'm, yeah, I'm all for I mean, that. You can't get – you can't get any worse than Beloran Wilhoit, man. That's just been horrible. Oh, yeah, and we have some some numbers to back that up a little bit later when we talk to Jeff Dini, just how bad it was and put some of that into perspective. Um, so second half adjustments have been awful, but mm-hmm. the 49ers have been in, in some games at the beginning, and so it, it makes you wonder, well, what the heck's going on? And Kaepernick even looked like a completely different guy. His arm strength looked fine. He actually looks like he's bulked up since when we saw him in the preseason. Um, he definitely mixed in a few fastballs, missed some throws too, obviously. I, I, I mentioned on Twitter, kind of want to give him a pass for this game. It, it, you know, it's like almost a preseason game for him. It's been a, a year since he's played. Um, it was a cross-country game, early start. The wind was kind of crazy at times. So, I mean, there's definitely some balls that were just way off the mark, and then there were some balls that were affected by the wind. Um, right. You could see it. You know, one one quarter they're going down the field and he's overthrowing passes. The next they're going down the field the other way and he's underthrowing passes. Hey, there are gusts of upwards of 25 miles an hour. I don't want to make excuses because both teams had to play in, in this weather. Uh, but but you, you nailed it. it. It's a tale of two halves for Colin Kaepernick. Eight of 11, 135 and a touchdown in the first half. And then second half, five for 18 for, for 52 yards. And we saw the rushing. It looked great. It's exactly what you expect from Kaepernick. I just... I want him to hold it more. Keep keep it more. You know, they talk about lack of weapons on this football team. Right now, he's the biggest. Oh, absolutely. And you can tell because Blaine Gabbert can run a little bit, and he might have had a pretty good 40 time at the combine, but he's right. not a dangerous runner. And that's obvious. Cap holds the ball, and there's multiple times that he's making plays. He's not just keeping it and kind of running down the field. To look. He's making actual plays, making big plays with his legs. And that was well, yeah. really fun to see. That was the funnest thing to see. And then it was. the big play to Torrey Smith – uh, he missed them deep on one, and uh, and then the one, the other one that people were all over him for underthrowing. That was you can tell by the way he threw that ball. He was purposely not overthrowing that ball. I mean, right. he doesn't even get his legs into that throw. He's just like, look, you're wide open. I'm going to make sure this is mm-hmm. basically a punt to you where you're waiting for it to come down. And then and you like that? Yeah, you I, like I, that I was, I was fine with that throw. Yeah, people were crushing him for that throw. That's no, he was purposely it's underthrowing a that throw. ball. Get off it, guys. Yeah, yeah, and and Tory made a play. So right. that was nice to see. Make get the ball into your the very few playmakers that you have. Get the ball into their hands. He did throw some really some really good fastballs that that squirted through some guys' hands, and he probably needs to dial that back a little bit. And he's never been one to be able to do that, but <laughs> just some hot shots, man. Right, classic right. cap, 
Actually, I, I have some good cap cuts here, and he talks about his arm strength. Yeah, uh, legs felt good, arm felt great. Um, you know, that first drive, arm was a little too strong, and that's <laughs> that's one of the things that you know I have to be able to you know correct so we can have a touchdown that first drive that sets the momentum for the game, kind of sets the tone, uh, and it might turn out differently. Yeah, yeah, he's right about that. And you, you know, you mentioned Cap running around out there it was the the most exciting part of the game. And and you're right, he picked up five of the 49ers' eight first downs rushing. I mean, it's the the guy gets it done. If the pocket was collapsing, he it looked like he was making the right decision. He was. I saw him looking at his second read. You know, I saw him checking down, and, and those were the things that that we kind of badmouthed him a lot heading into the preseason, kind of saying, "Well, this is one of his flaws is that he's too quick to run." But I, I didn't feel that way in this football game. Yeah, and credit to the Bills, too, because you mentioned the wind, but Tyrod Taylor didn't affect him too much. A couple of TD passes, 110.9 passer rating. Uh, so you do have to give some credit to the Bills. They beat the crap out of the 49ers. LaShawn McCoy's 140 yards. He probably had a little bit of extra juice in that game to go up against a guy who traded him away from Philly. Um, 312 total yard, or 312 rushing yards, averaged 7.1 yards per carry. The Bills offense did, and they brought it on defense and really stuffed the 49ers run as well. And I will say, watching the 49ers run game all these games, now um, just aesthetically, and I would assume at some point, I mean, there's there's always the the option part of it for the quarterback to run. You know, there's the read there, but right aesthetically, it gets boring seeing basically the same play over and over again. Yeah, you're exactly right here. Hand it up the middle. Hand it up the middle. Hand it up the middle. When especially when it's not gaining anything. <laughs> right. It's like, oh, stuff one yard. Oh, oh, I lost a yard on that one. All right. Oh, he got two. All right. And 49ers running backs, uh, whether it was Carlos Hyde or, or Mike Davis, they were getting hit consistently consistently behind the line of scrimmage when they were taking the handoff. So um tough game to watch yeah. there, especially in the second half. And the other thing about the coaching being different in the first half and the second half, and this has been uh this has been multiple games this season, they come out with some really cool stuff. Like uh, there was the the jet the jet pitch, I guess jet sweep. It was a forward pass technically to um, to Quentin Patton and yeah. some of those outside zone runs. And so there, there was a few things that were different, and but they kind of got away from that, it seemed like. And it, the, the second half adjustments have to get better. Yeah, it's like I feel like they get much more conservative going into the second half. It's a close football game. All right, let's get let's hold this thing really hard and really tight, and maybe we'll win. No, you got to keep playing the way you're playing in the first half. Let it loose. Run some fun plays. Don't be so predictable. Don't keep running that read option up the middle to Carlos Hyde. I mean, it's it, it, like you said, it's the same running play over and over. And oh yeah, this time he's going to keep it and he's going to drop back and you know and he's going to pass. And uh, I don't know. I just I feel like. Kaepernick was in there. That was exciting, but I felt like it was a, a lot of the the same plays run over and over and over. And it, it, it was a bit different with Cap in there, though. He was stretching the field. You know, he was taking those shots to Torrey Smith deep, and it, it it's much. This is if you want to call the the early 49ers offense an F. You know, maybe, maybe this was a D. You know, it's, it's <laughs> it, definitely better, but not great. Yeah, I I enjoyed seeing something different, especially at the beginning of this game in the first quarter, the first half. Even it was like, okay, 49ers are in this game. I sure. like what I see. This is this is that vintage 49ers football that we we're kind of used to seeing for a while. I mean, you know, obviously the scheme's a little bit different than the Greg Roman scheme, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but it was like, okay, I, I I see I see some things like from the 49ers glory years in the recent past, and and I liked what I saw. The second half, uh, not so much at all. And I do want to play a clip here from. 
from uh, Chip Kelly, who who pretty much sums up the Colin Kaepernick stuff. And he left it wide open right after the game. They asked him about Colin being the starter in Week 7 against Tampa Bay, and he said, we'll see, but uh, he kiboshed that. Colin, Colin will be our quarterback uh, against Tampa Bay. So, you know, I think there's some things he did on, on Sunday that you can build upon. Um, you know, for his first extended playing time, you know, since last year, I thought uh, there are some real positives there that we need to continue to cut, try to build with him and get him going and uh, gives us the best chance against Tampa Bay this week. Yeah, I think he gives them the best chance every week going forward at this point. I agree. I don't want to see Cap. I don't want to see Gabbard ever again. And to be honest with you, if if there's a backup quarterback, I think it should be Ponder just because I want to see something else. I've already seen Gabbard. We know what that is. Right. And it needs to stay where it is now. <laughs> Well, yeah, you saw what Gabbert was with, with you know, a full complement of weapons, you know, and, and a, a better defense than this. And, you know, just you saw him with, with the full squad and, and it wasn't good. And, and now, yeah, you, you move on. I, I agree with you. I, I think that it is maybe time to, to bring up Ponder. Maybe just cut Gabbert outright. I mean, it, it's what part are we in the season? You know, it, they're one in five and they're not making the playoffs. That's for damn sure. So this this is a team where you you build the young guys. You know, maybe maybe you take a look at Ponder, see what he's got. You know, that Gabbert is not the answer. I totally agree. And uh, there's uh, Trent Baalke is just continually getting more and more heat, and I think deservedly so. Uh, and the trade the trade deadline is coming up, and so um, obviously it's not like the Major League Baseball trade deadline, but maybe you maybe somebody needs some depth at quarterback, and and you dangle a guy like Blaine Gabbert. You know, mm-hmm. um, or even some of the other veterans, because if this is the way the season's going to go, um, guys like Ahmad Brooks and Blaine Gabbert and even, you know, Torrey Smith and, and Antoine Bethea, there's there's a lot of guys that aren't going to be on the next winning 49ers football team. So maybe right. you try to get a few draft picks out of them now. Uh, but we do need to get to Jeff Dini here and then we can talk a little bit more about the roster and uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right. Joining us now. Jeff Dini, 49ers media correspondent for Pro Football Focus. Jeff, thank you for coming on. I know you got a big playoff game as a Cubs fan that you're away from at the moment, so really appreciate you joining us. Not a problem, guys. How are you? Fantastic. So a lot to take away from this last game. Obviously, uh, the low-hanging fruit here was Colin Kaepernick's first game back in about a year. Uh, What did you see there? What do the numbers say about Colin Kaepernick's first start? Well, I mean, I think, you know, you replaced him Blaine Gabbert. So the, the bar is pretty low. And we had Gabbert as our lowest graded quarterback through five weeks. So, um, you know, you could kind of go with the theory of, you know, it can't really get much worse. And Kaepernick did not grade very well, but he did grade slightly higher than what Gabbert, and, uh, Gabbert had been uh, performing earlier in the year. I mean, I think the one, I mean, a couple of things. Well, one, he was definitely trying to push the ball downfield a little more than what he'd seen from Blaine Gabbert. I mean, I don't think he was necessarily successful at it. You know, his average um, target was about 11 yards uh, an attempt, where I think Gabbard's been in about in the eight to eight and a half range this year, which has actually been pretty high for Gabbard. Normally, he's usually in like the sixes or sevens in past season. So, I mean, I think you saw Kaepernick trying to go downfield, and then I think what we've seen the last couple of years is just the inaccuracy issues. And I'm sure part of it is just rust, and part of it is obviously there was the windy conditions in Buffalo. But, I mean, you saw, I think, early in the game, might have been in the first quarter where he had Torrey open deep for a touchdown, wide open, missed him. Um, even even the touchdown to Torrey Smith was was not a very good thrown ball, but Torrey Smith was so wide open, it would end up being a score anyway. And there's a couple other ones downfield he missed. So kind of, you know, this, I want to say the same old Kaepernick we've seen the last couple of years where, you know, some inaccuracy, not much pocket presence, a little kind of helter-skelter in the pocket, and, and then also making some plays with his legs, you know, which is, I think, 
one thing which was the, the positive with him. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, he didn't. Gra- he graded somewhere in the 40s on our site for the game, which is definitely below average. But I think Gabbert had been around 38, 39 for the season. So if you're just going straight from there, it's a slight improvement, but uh, still you're not getting much really good play out of the quarterback position. You know, Jeff, you mentioned that, and we, we mentioned um, on our show a lot about the, just the lack of weapons for these quarterbacks to throw to. Is is there any way that, that these wide receivers uh, graded better in this game? It did seem like there were quite a few plays where, where they were open, or was that just more so Gabbert seeing the open guy and, and then, you know, ultimately missing him, but you know, it's something that, that Gabbert wasn't quite doing. You know, how how the receivers do in this game? Yeah, and I mean, I think if you go back, I mean, Gabbert's had it rough. Even twofold. One, I think his five games for those teams have really strong defenses. And two, you know, there's just nobody from a skill position standpoint to throw to. I mean, you know, Jeremy Curley's a guy who, you know, they got two weeks for the season starter for a practice squad lineman. Um, you know, Torrey Smith's really the only, I would say, quality wide receiver on the roster. Um, and then you look at tight ends and, you know, Vance McDonald is, I think he's had the worst, he has our worst drop rate in the league since he's come in as among tight ends over the last four years, you know, and Garrett Selleck isn't really anything home to write about. So, you know, you know, they, they don't really have anybody to throw to. And it's obviously the same thing with Kaepernick. I think you saw a few cases where, where guys were open and Kaepernick missed them, but I think that's just, you know, whoever you put in here, that's going to be an issue. And, and, you know, Patton actually had one of a better game, but I think his grade, um, and it was, I believe his highest grade of the year, but I think his grade more came from the two jet sweeps he had, which, kind of padded Kaepernick's passing stats a little bit, but he had the two jet streets that, that went really well. And he actually did really well from a blocking standpoint. So um, on the run blocking game, that's where most of his high grade came from. I mean, you know, Torrey obviously had a good game as well. Um, Curley wasn't targeted quite as much as he was where he's kind of been a crutch for Kaepernick in the first few weeks, but I think he had seven targets as well. So, I mean, the wide receivers did grade a little better than usual at this game. Um, but, you know, again, it's just, you know, still the, the passing game is just not there. Hey, before we get to that defense, I want to ask you about Josh Garnett. He's the other guy that debuted for the 49ers this year. Obviously, he's a first-round pick and a guard. You expect a lot of some uh, of a player like that, and it was up and down. What did you see there? Yeah, I mean, he was kind of it was you know for his first start, it, you know, it was okay. He he graded about middle of the pack average from pass blocking. He gave up a couple of pressures, and he gave up one sack, and then we had him for another hurry. Um, in the game, run blocking, um, not quite as good. He was a little below average there, but the whole center of the line really struggled. Um, Beatles, Kilgore, and Garnett all really um, kind of graded in the red for us, um, run blocking. So, um, you know, I would say an okay start for him for his first game, especially on the road, but uh, you hope you get a little bit better from him going forward. Okay, Jeff. Well, the the good stuff is out of the way there. Let's jump over to this defense. They were gashed yet again in the rushing game. How did, well, who was the worst out there? I mean, to, to us, it looked like, looked like the middle linebackers. <laughs> You know, maybe they were getting no safety help. Like, where where was the real true weakness in this game? How long do you got? Do you have yeah. me on here for? Um, Let's just talk yeah, about the worst no, of the worst. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it's obviously ugly, and it's been ugly for the majority of the season. You know, it's interesting. I mean, you looking at our defensive line, and really, at least against the run, they're really not great at that poorly. Most of the guys are kind of middle of the pack. I mean, the only guy who's really way below average. Um, on the defensive line against the run is, is Eric Armstead or Arik Armstead if you're Dick Stockton. But, um, <laughs> and honestly, with Armstead, I mean, you know, he, he, had a, he was having an awesome camp. He hurt his shoulder. I think he's been playing with that really bad shoulder all year. And the two games he really struggled, the Dallas game and then having him come back four days later against Arizona, those two games were like the worst grades of his career by far. And so 
that's kind of really dragged down his grade. The other four games, he's actually played pretty well. So, I mean, there's kind of a little bit of a caveat there. But the rest of the offensive line has actually been okay. Buckner's been a little bit above average. And some of the other guys, Dial and Dorsey, have been middle of the pack. But the linebacking crew is where the grades start getting really ugly. I mean, uh, Michael Wolhoy is dead last uh, in our site among inside linebackers, overall grade and also against the run. Um, Nick Ballore is rated, I think, 64th out of 85 inside linebackers right now overall. But against the run, he's actually fifth from the bottom as well. So he's near the bottom. And then even look outside, I mean, Ahmad Brooks is, I think, second to last among all edge defenders, around 90, 95 or so against the run. So those are three guys that are really, really struggling against the run um, grade-wise. And then, I mean, if you want to take a look at it more from a kind of a metric standpoint than some of the stuff we collect, um, if you look at uh, run stop percentage is one of the things we track. And, I mean, for example, before Bowman got hurt, his run stop percentage was a little over 14%, which was second among all inside linebackers. And actually, that's one point where Nick Ballore is doing all right. He's actually at 12.6%. So he's he's fourth out of 34 inside linebackers. Will Hoyt, on the other hand, is all the way down at 3.6%, which is second to last. And then the other metric we have is tackling efficiency rating. And Will Hoyt's around middle of the pack. He's around 19th out of 40. Um, Nick Ballore is actually dead last of 40 linebackers there. So if you're kind of looking at it from that point of view, I mean, you, you can kind of look at it. You know, Nick Ballore is actually making quite a few plays there but he's also missing a bunch of tackles. I think he had this five against uh, Arizona. He had a couple more last week where you look at from Michael Wilhoyt's standpoint is where he's just really not making any plays at all. So they're both really struggling there. I mean, I think you probably got to see a little more Gerald Hodges, I would think this week for Wilhoyt, but we'll see. But it's just, yeah, I mean, just looking at just from grades and metrics on our site that the linebacking crew is just getting killed as far as from the run game. Yeah, hoping to see a lot of Hodges and Shane Scove as well. And I, I, I mean, Scove just never seems to get a shot. And I, I thought he deserved maybe even ahead of Belor and Wilhoit from what I've seen. And that's just uh, my own personal amateur scouting eye. But I've always really liked Scove and seen him flash. And uh, he's a little he's good as a blitzer as well. Do you, do you think it's actually possible that um, that those two guys who were backing up the two guys he played last week could actually play much better if they were the, the starters this week? No, I mean, it's definitely a possibility. I mean, I think Scove, I mean, I know the, the speed is a little bit of an issue with him, but he's some guy, somebody who's always, I mean, the last two preseasons has graded out really well with us. He kind of reminds me a little bit, it's kind of the same situation as Marcus Rush, where you know, they don't quite have like the, I guess, Westway, like the, the combine measurables as far as the speed and maybe the size of Marcus Rush's case. Yeah. That you would normally see, but you know they're just they're they've been productive at least especially through the preseason. Even though some of that's against backups, but they perform very well in the preseason. But they really haven't had that chance, you know, in the regular season to to have a shot. And I think, I mean, at this point, what do you have to lose? I mean, obviously, Will Hoyt, you know, and Will Hoyt graded pretty poorly with us last year too. So I mean, I think you've seen what you're going to get out of him. I mean, Belor has been a special team standout his whole career, but really only played a handful of defensive snaps his entire career before, you know, jumping in the last couple of weeks. So, I mean, I don't know what more you're going to get out of him. So I think really, I mean, it's, it's kind of, a, it, it's, it's kind of seen with Gabbert. Like you've seen what you're going to get. I mean, what do you have to lose trying something different at this point? So, yeah. I mean, I definitely think Hodges deserves some snaps and I wouldn't mind seeing Scott get a shot. Um, seeing Scott get a shot too. Cause I mean, I just, you can't get any worse. I mean, I just, they're averaging. I mean, it's funny because you look at when they're in the base defense, they're averaging 4.1 yards a carry, you know, given up, which actually is about average. You know, that's actually not bad. It's where in the nickel dime packages that get killed. They're averaging 
they're getting up 6.6 yards to carry when they're in nickel or dime defense, which is just, I mean, it's just awful. Usually if you go from four defensive backs on the field to five, usually I think the average goes up about half a yard to carry normally. And if you actually go up to six, I think it's about another nine tenths or so. So to see it jump from 4.1 to 6.6, just by throwing another defensive back or sometimes two on the field, it's just, they're getting gashed. So, I mean, if I'm, if I'm an opposing team and I see that, I'm just going 11 personnel and just running it up the gut on them. Absolutely. Why would you do anything different? I mean, it's so hard to uh, win in the league as it is if, if you can't stop the run. Uh, everything else on defense is predicated on that. And uh, Jeff, I really want to thank you for coming on. And I know you've got a big game to get to here. I think we can all be in agreement here uh, with a big go Cubbies. Yes. Beat LA. Yeah, I've had to stay. Yeah, I had to stay quiet the last week or two because I mean, 95% of my friends are Giants fans. So but now that they're playing the Dodgers, so I, I've, I've invited everybody on the bandwagon. <laughs> That's right. Hey, I, I'm all for it, man. Yeah, I, I don't really have a rooting interest in anybody uh, when it gets to the World Series as long as the Dodgers are out of it. Yeah, sounds good to me. And so we're hoping at least uh, if it goes to game six or seven, the wife and I are actually going to fly to Chicago this weekend. So that should be exciting if it gets that far. Oh, heck yeah. Well, good luck. I hope you get to do that. And uh, for everybody out there, always give Jeff a follow on Twitter at PFF underscore Jeff. Thanks, man. Thanks, Jeff. No problem. Anytime, guys. Okay, so the PFF numbers back up everything that we've seen, which is... Right. Not good. The numbers, not good. <laughs> yeah, not just not good, like the worst in the league. <laughs> right. Ouch. But, yeah, just to, to... So, Ballora was 40th out of 40 in tackling efficiency. Uh, Will Hoyt, middle of the road, 19th out of 40, just to uh, to say these numbers again, to let them sink in for you. And when you, when it, you talk about run stop percentage, Will Hoyt... 33 out of 34, uh, 3.6% run stop percentage, and Bowman was number two in the league. <laughs> so that's what you're dropping off from. Wow. And, yeah, that's... You know, the thing is, we, we hear these numbers, and it's just not surprising to anyone, I'm sure, because no. we all watch the game, yeah, and you we just... watched how these guys play football, and it, it, they're not good. You're just attaching a number to what, what you saw there. Right. And it brings me to Trent Baalke because yeah, if it continues down this path, you have to ask the question, who gets fired first, Jim O'Neill or Trent Baalke, right? Because Jim O'Neill can only work with what he's got to work with, um, and that's all on Trent Baalke because middle linebacker, look, he drafted uh, he drafted Chris Borland when the 49ers already had Navarro Bowman and Patrick Willis in the middle, right? Mm-hmm. And then two of those guys retire – one of them's coming off a knee injury, but then he doesn't address that position again for two off seasons. Right. And everything doesn't else. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Right. The rest of the guys are, you know, undrafted free agent types. Right. So, and he just kept drafting cornerbacks. <laughs> How many more cornerbacks can you draft? Dude? Yeah. Late round corners. <laughs> it's a, it, And obviously the, the wide receiver thing we've talked to death on the show, which right. he's obviously not addressed either. So some huge holes on the team. And the thing is, is Trent Baalke is a decent um, he's a decent talent talent evaluator. He's come up with some awesome draft picks late in drafts, but I think where he has failed, and I think it's pretty obvious. I mean, if I ran a team, I would hire him to be maybe a scouting director, you know, and be on the staff. But as the trigger man, as the team builder, uh, the guy at the top putting together a roster, I just don't think he's got it. Yeah, I mean, you know, there there were some some real plentiful years there where he was like, all right, I'm gonna take a chance on these guys and it's just it's like he took a few too many chances on on too many guys and it didn't didn't replenish the cupboard and 
like you said, a couple guys retire, you get a couple injuries, and all of a sudden, you know, you're left with the the 32nd ranked rush defense in the NFL. And it's amazing too how quickly this team fell apart. I mean, from week one, that you know, just the 28 nothing win over LA, thinking Jim O'Neill's a genius, and you know, Chip Kelly and ah, Blaine Gabbert and this team, and and now look where we are, man. This is this is rough. It's replay. I think everybody across the board thought the roster was better, thought the coaching staff was better, and thought the team would be better than the Jim Tom Sula season of 2015. And right now it's looking like identical. They're worse. They were two and four at this time or two and three at this time or something. I mean, they already had a couple wins. This this team is, is struggling. And I, where are the wins going to come? I, I get it. You're home this weekend. You play a whole lot better. But you know, Tampa Bay's not that bad of a football team. And they're coming off of a bye. It, it might be another rough weekend, man. Yeah, you're right. It really has me saying, what the hell just happened? Yeah, That's, and what the hell's gonna happen? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you don't. Also, you don't want your defensive coordinator saying something like that either. I know, right? If, if you, you are the one that needs to know what's we're happening. saying that to you, and you give us answers. <laughs> you don't say what the hell just happened. Right, right. We said that a lot when Lashawn McCoy was running up the middle on a third and twenty when he goes for twenty-two on a draw play. What the hell just happened? <laughs> oh, geez. Well, so Tampa Bay at home. Look forward. Yeah, this I is, like it. Yeah, this is a team. Uh, they're two and three, um, and I'm really anxious to see the 49ers defense go up against. Um, I mean, I, I, who knows who's going to be running the ball for them if Doug Martin's going to be back or if it's going to be Tri- Jaquiz Rogers. But I mean, I want to see Jameis Winston, and he's had a really odd season where uh, one game he'll throw four touchdowns, the next game he throws four picks. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a guy who is tied for second in picks in the the league. And that's something we haven't seen a whole lot of from the 49ers turnovers. And, and, you know, if this defense can actually get a turnover in the passing game, obviously Mike Evans is a beast and he's going to be really tough to cover. And and you might see them double covering them. But I mean, Vincent Jackson just out on IR, you mentioned Doug Martin, not in there. Um, It's, it's like, they're kind of going bare bones here as well. This is definitely a, a very winnable football game, but, can they do it? You know, can this team show up? Can the defense stop anybody? Or is Jaquiz Rogers going to, you know, be be a top fantasy stud this weekend? Which is, if I had to put money on it, I would say, yes, he is. Yeah, Mike Evans is the guy. He's he's a monster, obviously, and he's also got the highest pro football focus grade so far for the Bucks offense this year. Um, and the, the rest of the team's been pretty mediocre on offense. James Winston is not afraid to to chuck the ball. And I kind of like that about him, but it's also obviously hurt him with the turnovers. And as, since the first few weeks, the, the 49ers haven't had a lot of turnovers. Um, and they lost some games that teams were giving them turnovers early in the season against Dallas in the first half. Um, against, uh, the first half. Yeah, Buffalo too. And then, uh, and of course, the uh, the Carolina game was, uh, was a big one. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, you got to capitalize on those. You, the problem too is that they're not punching it in the end zone. They're getting that and then, oh, okay, we'll kick a field goal. It's fine. Yeah. We'll take take the three points. Appreciate it, guys. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But, yeah, the the Bucs on the back end is where they've had some problems. And um, a guy like Levante David, who's racked up a lot of tackles, but he's not grading out very well. Quan Alexander, linebacker next to him, similar story, putting up some stats but not grading out necessarily very well. But they have some strength on the defensive line. One of the better interior linemen in the league in Gerald McCoy, and he's been their uh, highest-graded defender on the season. So th- th- those are the players to look out for on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But again, this is a two and three football team. That was the worst team in football a couple years ago when they drafted Jameis Winston. Uh, they were 
you know, still one of the worst teams last year. They're they're definitely not back. Um, they think they have their quarterback, but this is the team you're at home, man. They're they're the ones traveling across the country this time. And you right, gotta, you, you got to take Mike Evans out of this football game. I, I don't know what you're going to do. You get plenty of safety help over the top, but I mean, this is a guy who's third in targets in the league right now, and he already had a bye. So I mean, they, this guy they obviously feed him constantly, and it. I expect nothing, you know, short of that again this weekend. I want this defense to really just be so pissed off about what they did, right. and what they saw on film during the week after watching uh, their performance. Because in really, you know, I don't, I didn't expect much from those inside linebackers the 49ers have. Mm-hmm. Um, but the defensive line played okay. You know, it, when I watched the game, I thought, oh man, because you know, when any time the running back gets too much credit and nobody ever talks about the offensive line when a team's running the ball well, and on defense, a similar story, running uh, linebackers racking up a bunch of tackles. Nobody talks about the defensive line taking on the blocks. And in this game, it wasn't that. It was the defensive line did an okay job, the linebackers, and really the secondary and two veteran players that should be the strength of that defense still is uh, Antoine Bethea and Eric Reed. And they had both awful games. Yeah. So I mean, they- I, I can't really, you know, outside of, like like Jeff mentioned, a couple of uh, linemen that are having pretty good games. Yeah, that, I think that defense as a whole just, you know, got, got walked all over. And that's just it. Sometimes LeSean McCoy could have been walking as well. Some of these holes were, were so huge in cutbacks and over-pursuing. And, oh, man, <laughs> yeah, it was just brutal to watch. And hopefully, like you said, they, they can man up a little bit. And, you know, this this could be a little bit of a pride thing this weekend, especially if you're going up against a third-string running back in Jaquiz Rogers. And, you know, it's a team that's not that good. It's a team that that going into the season, you you wrote this down as a win. Every single person that looked at the 49ers schedule heading into this season wrote this as a win. They had to have. Yeah, and this is a team that I think this is might be the only game of the season right now that uh, is looking like Las Vegas agrees. Right. And if exactly. winnable game. Right. So, you know, the weather's going to be better. Cap doesn't have the excuse of, of the wind this week. So, at home, Cap's got that start under his belt. Uh, this this is this is the week. This is the week that the 49ers get a win. I'm going to predict a win. I think they can win this game by 10 points. Um, and so uh, if I'm in Vegas, I'm betting on the Niners. If I'm betting it straight up, I'm definitely betting on the Niners at home against a bad team. And we talked a few weeks about a few weeks ago about guys that were you know don't jump off the bridge yet, but find yourself a nice ledge. This is one of those yeah. games. If they put up a stinker here when everything is in their yeah. favor. I mean, look out. I mean, start start firing people, right? Yeah. I mean, this is this is it. This is the put up or shut up game for this entire football team. If this if they lose this game, especially if they lose it, you know, convincingly, and then yeah, the, the season's over. You start firing people. You do bring up Christian Ponder. You know, you you get a look at this guy. You start, you know, bringing in, uh, my goodness, everybody from the practice squad. You start checking out what some of your your running backs on the practice squad have as well. Maybe you bring Sean Drone in there just so you can save Carlos Hyde for next year. I mean, yeah, this is this is it. I'm going to predict a win as well. I've predicted a win every week, and, you know, it's it's becoming harder and harder to do so. And if they can't pull this one out, I, I don't think I can predict another win all season. I'm with you, man. And not even our own practice squad, but other teams' practice squads. Yeah, I mean, yeah. reach out. You know, put everybody on the trading block. That's what kind of situation would have to happen on that bye week that follows this game. And uh, there's really not very many changes. I mean, they've already made the quarterback change. Right, that's go a big to, one. You could go to Ponder from Kaepernick, but that's not a thing where you're trying to turn your season around. That's a thing where you just, I, I don't know, you just want to see somebody else. 
Um, and I think that would probably be too soon, even if, um, I mean, the bye week would be a time you would want to do that, but still be too soon to, to bail on cap after two games, even if he looks bad this week. Um, right. And you already brought Garnett in. There's not any really high, highly drafted rookies that aren't playing yet that, that, that you could, you know, there's no major changes that you can make personnel wise at that point, unless you start trading guys away or bringing people in from other rosters. Yeah. And you know, you, you mentioned, you know, maybe going to ponder at some point. And if they do that, I mean, that that's the end of Kaepernick. You know, that's the end of Gabbert in San Francisco. And yeah. that's basically just, you know, saying, all right, we're, we're starting over. We're starting fresh. This is it. We're, we're throwing all of our chips on the table and uh, we only have three of them left. <laughs> and so we're going all in with two, seven <laughs> and we'll see what happens. Uh, that, well said, man. I think that's a great place to end it. Offsuit too. Offsuit. <laughs> yeah. Offsuit. All right. Well, I, actually, real quick before we go, I, I have a new addition to our uh, 2016 49ers DVD and Blu-ray box set title, Power Rankings. Uh, the first one we had from Matt Harmon back in July, Falling Backwards into Production. Do you remember that? Yes, of course. Great title. A couple weeks ago, everyone on Twitter was putting out Short of the Sticks, which I think still, it, that that's probably the leader right now in the clubhouse. But uh, uh, right now I've got a new edition, which is this. What the hell just happened? Yeah. That, that's it, man. The 2016 49ers. What the hell just happened? Because even week one, you thought that, like, wow, what the hell just happened? This is a really good football team. Right, yeah. So it's been either good or bad, but it's all, it's been a lot of uh, WTF, man. There it is. All right, let's get out of here. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at BD Peacock. Nick is at Bay Area Wink. We're on iTunes. Subscribe, review the show. You can find us on SoundCloud and Stitcher and a whole bunch of other places where all good podcasts are found. Email, hit us up on email, goldfaithful49 at gmail.com. We've got a little problem with the phone line. Apparently, it's being routed to somebody else sometimes. Some calls were getting through. Some calls were not. So I'm sorry if you are uh, the young lady that was getting some of our weird phone calls from some of our listeners. I apologize. Um, but why do you have our phone number is my other question. So, right? yeah, so shoot us an email or hit us on Twitter. That's the best way to get at us. Goldfaithful49 at gmail.com is that email. And we will talk to you next week, hopefully after a big W and um, good feelings going into that week eight bye. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks to Jeff Deeney. Thanks to everybody for listening. See you.